When the art day gets rough, you just gotta keep on punching. And here's your Thunder Punch Daily with Jersey Drozd. We're going to talk about aesthetic arrest a little bit today, a little bit about being arrested by images and what arrests us and what does that tell us about our tastes and the directions which we inevitably want to go with our work. Um, because that's the prompt in today's Art Sound Off uh, list of prompts. Day 24, talk about an image that has arrested you at some point. What's so great about it? And uh, that's what I do. You want to know why? Because there isn't a whole lot to report on my day today. Um, a lot of stuff happened in terms of, you know, organ if you listen to yesterday's Thunder Punch Daily, a uh, lot of moving stuff in the studio is happening. Uh, I didn't didn't plan on it being this big of a job, but it was one of those things where once I get, once it got started, it just kind of snowballed. It's like, oh, now that I, I want to do this, I have to do these five things in order to make this other thing happen. You know how it is when you start moving things around in your house. So, but the good news is, is that uh, I think, I think uh, we're, we're optimizing the studio. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot better uh, in the next couple of weeks. But that said, there's not much to report on other than a lot of grunting and he heaving and hoeing and moving stuff around. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of just lifting things, which doesn't make a very good essay. So that's what the prompts are for over at artsoundoff.com. And I was thinking about, what is something that arrested me that I haven't talked a lot about before? Because uh, I know I've talked about certain cartoonists, certain comics artists' work, Rick Leonardi, uh, how his characters dance and how his stuff has all this, like, this effortless grace to it, just gorgeously, beautifully graceful stuff. It's like, it's like uh, illustration ballet. George Perez, where he just does so much with the density of the page, uh, the image to text density, and how he reuses moments and has like he just does things that like only comics can do, or or he does things that comics does especially well. Um, and then like Walt Simonson, like the power that his pages have, and uh, and how he really plays with layout in really cool and interesting ways, and like defies traditional reading flow and. Uh, uh, always to the to to uh, in the service of delivering titanic epic power, right? Which you know, yeah. Look at all. The, listen to what I just said with all those things, and you could probably find me chasing that in my work. Uh, Ir Irvin Kaplan, his color theory. Uh, I've been ripping off. Uh, I mean, <laughs> being inspired by his color theory a lot in the Boulder and Fleet comic, and so on. Uh, there's lots of visual artists I could point to, but I thought. Something I have talked about a little bit in the past, but I don't think I've ever gone into great depth on, uh, is the 2008 movie Speed Racer. I don't know how many of you have seen this movie. I'm guessing if you're a visual artist, you probably have, uh, because I got into like some. I've gotten into debates in the past with other cartoonists about like where this movie stands and like why it didn't do awesome. And some cartoonists kind of leveled the accusation at it that. It's great for visual artists because we can read it. But for the average moviegoer, it's too visually dense to take in. It's garish for the average moviegoer. Um, I'm not going to outright dismiss that argument, but, I, uh, but as a visual artist, I don't think it's garish at all. I think it's, it's gorgeous and it does all of the things that I wish more films would do, which is to say 
taking advantage of it being a visual medium and, uh, and, and doing some things loudly when it's called for. What do I mean? Uh, well, for one, like one, you know, this is, the, this is part of the prompt. What's so great about it? One of the things I adore about this movie is it does a really good job of creating a completely pretend place that we re- that registers as pretend, yet, uh, but we but it's plausible. We believe in it, which is something I talk about with my students all the time with comics. It's like your job isn't to create a realistic world; it's to create a plausible world. And when I think about things like Lord of the Rings. Um, uh, Jurassic Park, any of these modern, you know, CGI, and I'm not saying CGI to disparage it. I'm just saying like in a post practical effects world, um, where, but even this happened in practical effects movies, uh, films where they were really trying to ground it and make it feel like it's a world that you could walk into and it would be as real as you or I, um, it's, it's very nice and it's really neat, but I feel like part of the fantasy gets lost for me as somebody who's used to experiencing the majority of his entertainment and fantasy and fiction through things that have been reduced or clarified into lines, which is patently unreal. Um, I, I am willing to accept more, uh, augmented or rather, uh, clarified distilled reality than something that feels like it's absolutely real. And that's one of the, like the moment I started watching speed racer, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is like a comic book. This is like a cartoon. Uh, this is like, it's, it's a cohesive and thought through reality, but it is inherently unreal. And man, that, that was just such a huge, you know, uh, a huge selling point for me. I think of other, other movies that have done this, like Popeye, the movie, the Robin Williams film. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it does a magnificent job of creating a absurd yet believable or plausible cartoon world for the characters to live in. It feels like another place. It feels like another planet. I don't mean another place is like, oh, it's like the difference between going to uh, Texas if you live in North Dakota. Uh, No, I mean, it feels like an alien world almost, but see, that's too strong of a word. Anyway, it feels other. It feels abstracted. It feels clarified the way cartoons clarify. So that's, that's a big reason I like it, but also little things, little storytelling things. And this is funny too, because like, I really don't care for a lot of the Wachowski brothers films, like the matrix movies, eh, they're all right. They're, they're, I mean, they're nicely done and everything, but I didn't, they didn't, they didn't uh, arrest me. They didn't grip me. Uh, speed racer did though. And one of the reasons is that they, they do these, these cartoony kind of transitions in it where like, you'll be watching the race happening. And of course it's like this hyper saturated color palette, right? Uh, but then the commentators are commenting on the race and it'll be like their head and shoulders will sort of pass across the screen while the action is playing out behind their head. Now, why would they do that? Why would they do that? This to me as a cartoonist is like very exciting because it's part of that simultaneity that you can get on a comic book page that when we read it on a comic book page, like if you've, if you've read any manga, you'll have like shots of like, let's say take fruits basket. Then you got Toru Honda, uh, walking, away from the school and she's like overlapping the outside of the panel. The school is to her, to our left, you know, inset in a panel. And then to our right, our characters in another panel reacting to her walking towards them. All right. What's the reality here? Is she walking away from the school? Is she walking towards her friends? Where does that art or that drawing of her belong? It's both. It's simultaneous. And that's one of the things that comics does exceptionally well. And that's one of the things they were doing with these shots of like the commentators moving across the screen, commenting on the action as it's playing out behind them. It's, it is simultaneous, uh, but it's simultaneous without cutting back and forth. Now compare that 
to say episode one's pod race scene, that famous pod race where it's a lot of cutting back and forth between the commentator reacting, the crowd reacting, uh, Qui-Gon reacting, and then what's happening during the race. The Wachowskis just eliminated that, that, that step by having the reaction and the action happen at the same time. We've seen this happen with shows like 24 too, and people get very excited about that. Yes, I think that's a really neat effect. When you, when you use it right, it makes for really visually interesting storytelling. Um, but they also did this with, uh, you know, like some of the, the, the car chase scenes where they would show like the driver's reaction while the action was happening between the cars. I remember some scenes where they would do that where they would like do like insets or, cut, or like split screen kind of things. Uh, so, you know, cartoony effect, cartoony, not cartoony in the sense of like oversimplifying and make and making it uh, less dramatic. I mean, maybe I should say comic booky, comic booky in the sense of of or pertaining to comic book storytelling style, right? Doing things that comics do well, but doing it in a film that gets me excited. Um, but then also, I mean, like the fight scenes, there's that big fight scene with Pop Racer and like all these ninja guys and uh, Chim Chim and the whole the whole family gets involved. And yes, it's saccharine and it's silly like the cartoon, right? Like it's, That was another thing I liked about it. It was very true to its source material. It wasn't trying to be like, oh, let's make Speed Racer for the uh, burnt out middle aged, you know, uh, you know, working man kind of thing. Uh, let's let's actually make this for the people who like the cartoon. Uh, like like let's make it something that kids can you know have access to. But the fight scenes also there's like burst lines behind the characters, and maybe that's getting close to you know the 1960s Batman Bam Pow. But you know what? I went back and rewatched some of those old 60s Batman shows. Those actually, in retrospect, are pretty darn good. They're pretty funny. Yeah, they're not uh, Dark Knight Rises like award winning drama. But uh, they're really, really fun, and they remind me of what made me love the medium of comics in the first place. Um, so yeah, so like the comic booky fight scenes was another aspect of this thing as well. But then and there's the story. There's the whole story about you know believing in yourself, fighting against the corporation. You know, being indie, the the up and coming indie uh, character. Of course, that's going to appeal to me as a cartoonist as well. But I mean, when we talk about like arresting me what what arrested me is this this very well thought out cohesive plausible uh, unrealistic yet believable world that had its own internal logic and its own internal aesthetic and uh it just it just it 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 did such a thorough job of it that it made it a place that i actually wanted to visit you know, uh, you know, a lot of times stories are things where it's it's characters that I want to be around or characters that I want to follow and, and sympathize with. But this was one as well where it was like it was also a world that I would love to walk around in. So, yeah. And when I think about that, yeah, you can bet that a lot of that has to do with uh, or a lot of what I'm responding to is stuff that I'm also trying to put into my own work. So that's the whole purpose behind this sort of thinking exercise is by identifying it, by defending your choice, you're also kind of naming things that that are probably things you want in your work. Respond to a thing and therefore create a bullet-pointed list of things you want to achieve in the things that you make. So, who am I? Jersey Droz, uh, cartoonist and teaching artist, boulderandfleet.com, Jersey on Twitter, Jersey Droz on Google+. And I should say this is part of the Art Sound Off Challenge. 
uh, artsoundoff.com, where for the month of Oct- or month of November 2015, I and a bunch of other visual storytellers are recording essays, reflections, journals every day and sharing them online with the Art Sound Off hashtag. So you can go to twitter.com slash artsoundoff to see all the retweets of all the different posts that people have been turning in. Or you can just follow the Art Sound Off hashtag on Twitter. Although there are some other posts that are getting filtered in there because it turns out some other people are using the tag now for something else. Um, but that's okay. Just look for the ones that are audio posts. Or, you know, like I said, twitter.com slash artsoundoff. So uh, I'll be back tomorrow with another Thunder Punch Daily. And until then, remember everybody. Today He-Man was forced to play a dangerous game by the Game Master. The Game Master bragged a lot about winning all the time, but he became angry when he lost and said it wasn't fair. Well, playing games can be a lot of fun, but boasting when you win or getting angry when you lose spoils the fun for everyone. And pretty soon, nobody will want to play with you. So take a tip from me. Be a good winner and a good loser. You'll enjoy your games more, and so will the people who play with you. Good luck and goodbye. Bye.